welcome to Friday Night Live. So I have a big, important question for you. Why did the Bigfoot cross the road? Well, we may be able to ask him soon because a Sasquatch was caught on camera hiking up a mountain, and it sparked the debate. Is this finally a confirmed Bigfoot sighting or an elaborate hoax? And if it is an elaborate hoax, it sure is a big one. In other spooky news, it's of course, it's Friday the 13th, just before Halloween, on the 716th anniversary of the mass arrest and execution of the Knights Templar in history. Here are the superstitions, traditions, and myths around the unlucky number 13. Want to hear more about occult lore, fears gone awry, positive practices, and even a fam famous miracle that happened on the 13th? Stay tuned. Well, join me, Ben, from Edge of Wonder on this Friday Night Live with a weekly Mandela Effect Metaphysical Minute live Q&A and Top 10 Weirder News of the Week. And we'll see you guys out on the edge. And if you're listening to our Edge of Wonder podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or elsewhere, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us even reach more people. And remember to like and subscribe and follow us on YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, wherever you are watching us. So, hey, everyone. So so I was out Tuesday. Um, I'm still a little bit under the weather, but my headache has gone away. I had like a four-day headache, and I was about ready to go crazy. So um, that's why I wasn't here on Tuesday, but my nose is still a little stuffed up. So if that's why, you know, I sound a little weird, that's why I'm, you know, still kind of going through stuff. Um, and then unfortunately, like Rob is uh, not feeling well either. So he's going through some stuff. And uh, so he wasn't able to make it. Simon Esther, we, we asked Simon actually earlier if uh, he could join us, but he couldn't. Uh, it was kind of like two last minute and he had some family things going on. So, so yeah, it would just be me today. So, um, but we have a lot to cover and Lindsay, of course. Yeah. Lindsay's going to be helping me a little bit more since Rob's not here. And, um, yeah, she was kind of helping me with the show today. So, um, we have some good stuff planned. Yeah, we do. There's a lot of good things. And this, this, of course, this month is super weird. We got the ring of fire that's happening this weekend after the, the Friday the 13th. And it's a blue moon this month, meaning that there's two full moons. So this month of October is weird. And of course, there's like so much happening in the world already this month. So it's like, you know, I, I, I definitely would take it as like more of these like omens, you know, of course, in history, they looked at all of these as bad omens, no matter if there was like a, uh, an eclipse, solar eclipse or whatever was happening in the sky. It was all like pretty actually taken kind of negatively. So, um, so you could say all this happens once in a blue moon. <laughs> I think I just made a Ben joke. That, yeah, that was, that was a, I would say it was a good joke. <laughs> you know, I don't bad, think Ben jokes, jokes are bad. They're like, just very characteristic of Ben. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of like, something about the show i i think i've just kind of like programmed my mind to like be witty with dad jokes rob is witty with like normal jokes so it works out you and i are more similar with the dad jokes kind of i thing. think so i think so we annoy him and it's really funny <clears throat> yeah so um all right let's see what okay why don't we kind of get into some things here um so Lindsay, you you were kind of you found some some 
it's like interesting, funny things that we can kind of start with. Yeah, I this one is weird. I don't know if you saw this yet. No way this woman can smell things. You ready? Yeah. And has an extraordinary gift, even though everyone thought she was crazy. In 1982, Joy welcomed her husband home from work when she suddenly noticed that he smelled really bad. It was a truly unpleasant odor that irritated her nose. He took a shower, but the smell persisted. Her husband simply thought it was something from his work. But as the days, weeks, and months went by, the smell became stronger and stronger. Joy was frustrated to be the only one noticing this smell. In her circle, no one thought her husband smelled bad. People thought she was crazy or simply being unkind to her spouse. Eventually, Joy had to learn to live with the smell. Twelve years later, doctors diagnosed her husband with Parkinson's disease. She accompanied him to a support group, and when she entered the meeting room where all the Parkinson's patients were gathered, she smelled the same odor as her husband's, only 20 times stronger. Finally, she understood. She didn't know how, but she could smell Parkinson's disease. She contacted researchers who politely dismissed her, once again thinking she was crazy. But Joy persisted, and the scientists finally put her to the test. They had her smell t-shirts, and she was able to identify which of the owners had Parkinson's disease, with only one mistake. Turns out, eight months later, that same person she was wrong about was also diagnosed with Parkinson's. She had detected it almost Jeez. a year before the researchers Crazy. did. Thanks to her, scientists have identified molecules related to the disease in sebum, which allowed them to develop skin tests that can detect the disease with 95% accuracy, enabling the possibility to start treating patients much earlier. Subscribe for more videos. You know, th there is a... Um Actually, and we we have like a group chat that we're all sending stuff in and whatnot. And um, I meant to put this in here, and I forgot. But there was a cat that um, the story is that there's this nursing home got this like kitten just to kind of have around for like the the nursing pa the parent or the patients and whatnot. Well, it started like going into different um rooms of the patients and would cuddle with them and within like days the person would would die and this started happening after like 20 patients like they started looking at the cat in a very different yeah here it is the cat in a very different way and they they would um they would put the cat next to somebody who they think would die and the cat would go over to somebody else and then that, again, that person would die within like days. And the cat predicted over a hundred deaths altogether at this nursing home. And so the, the, the people working there got so, um, would notice this so much that as soon as the cat would go over to a person, they would call their family members and be like, Hey, you know, you should come over here because it's possible that, that, you know, so-and-so may die within a couple of days. And, and that's, that's exactly what would happen. So, you know, the cat, so that's they, freaky that it is really freaky. And, you know, and this is like the same thing with like dogs, right? Dogs can detect cancer in people. And, uh, I mean, animals can predict a lot of these things. So that's really weird about, you don't really hear that with people so much though. So, man, I mean, that would be, if we could all have that, strong sense of ability imagine like our whole world could be very different we could we could uh sense things a lot sooner but anyway okay why don't we do like one more of these and then um we'll move on Lindsay. so don't take up too much time i'll let you choose which one of these that you like the best oh boy um i think this one's pretty cool okay uh, let me find this okay oh, I did see this one yeah 
Let me see if the volume. This is crazy. You ready? Yeah. What was supposed to be a prank on a teacher instead backfired on the students. A blindfolded half-court shot that is now the talk of campus and beyond. You. <laughs> he had no idea that he made that. He can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. It went in. You know, I, 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 Did you see it? I'm yeah. not you. Is that, is that on tape? <laughs> yeah. That was perfect. You are I'm kidding going, me. No. I'm going like this so I can get the goal in the background. It went I don't in. I know if I messed it up by my little screen, but oh my God. I'm going to. Did that really go in? Yeah, it went in. It started <laughs> to freak me out. <laughs> so so he was there re reporting on this half court shot that somebody I, I think made blindfolded standing like exactly how he did and he just did that and did the exact same shot so it's, it's how so amazing crazy. that was perfect that was that was extremely perfect yeah it almost seems like it was set up because it was so perfect but except he seemed really shocked yeah he i mean he not so that <laughs> I don't think it was set up. I mean, it's it's almost impossible to do that unless it was like a trick shot. But um, anyway, it's pretty interesting. All right, why don't we move on to the uh, Mandela effect or the Bendela effect as we are calling him. So I have to admit, for, for a lot of people out there, you may not think too much about this, but this kind of weirded me out. And then I started seeing forums uh, recently talking about it. So it's there's a band called Foster the People, and they have a song called Pumped Up Kicks. Um, it's a really like pretty popular song came out in like 2010. Well, here's the really weird thing. The, I, I remember the first time I heard it, I was in some kind of like store. I, I don't really remember. It was like a shoe store or something like that. And I remember the song came on. And when it came on, I remember listening to it, thinking to myself, I, I, I know I've heard the song before. Like I know the lyrics and I, I was, I kept thinking like, I must've like heard this, but then I'm like, isn't this a remake of an old song? And I remember like looking into it and, and it wasn't, it was, it's a new song. And I'm like, okay, I must be wrong. Or it must be like imagining something where, where it sounds like another song. Well, this is what's strange. There's a lot of people that remember this song being in the 80s, but it doesn't exist. I mean, Foster the People made this song, but there's other people. So like, for example, there was a Reddit form I found and they wrote sometime in the late 2010s, Pumped Up Kicks by Foster the People was playing on the radio. And I told my girlfriend that I love this new song as it hadn't as it had been released then. She told me that it wasn't a new song. She grew up listening to it in high school. She was born in 83 and the song was recorded in 2009. I decided not to argue with her, but she distinctly remembers listening to it all the time. Anyone else feel that way? And it's so weird because I, I kind of felt the same way. I, and I, I was like, thinking to myself, like, isn't this a remake of an old 80s song? Like the, the, the chorus sounds exactly the same as something I remember, but then like, I couldn't figure out what song it was. It does sound like a cover of an older song for sure. That's what some people, you know, it does have kind of like an 80s vibe and believe it or not, I actually have a friend who dated the lead singer for Frost Foster the people. And I even reached out to her 
And, you know, her, her, her response was that you know, he probably was just listening to a bunch of like eighties music at the time and just kind of wrote this song. And that, that was like her response for it. But there's other people, even people commenting on this, on these posts saying that they remember this song too. And here's another one that says, so the song came out in 2011. So why on earth do I remember it from my childhood? I was born in 1986 and I remember it being around like 95, 96. When it first came out, I knew every word of it and went looking for the original. Turns out this is the original. Anyone else remember this? <laughs> so... I don't know what you guys remember. Um, unfortunately, we can't play the song due to the copyrights and, and whatnot. But um, I would love to know what you guys think about this. Now, of course, there's like a couple of songs that kind of sound familiar, like Somebody I Used to Know, which also came out around 2010-ish. Um, I forget who, who, who did that song. It's kind of like a one-hit wonder. And then Young Folks. Which is that song that's that that they're like whistle whistle? Was that Gautier who did "Somebody I Used to Know"? I, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so it was such like a massive video or in in a hit song. It's also kind of like sounds like kind of something that would might be from the eighties, but this one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's. I mean it's a really well composed song. Like both of these are actually like extremely catchy, especially this in a pumped up kicks. It's about, I mean, the song is actually about a um, high school shooting. So, and pumped up kicks is, is like the Reebok, you know, the pumps. So it's, the song is kind of from the eighties. Uh, I mean, it has like an eighties night, early nineties vibe to it and everything. But um, that's so weird though. I don't know, because I, I just remember like hearing this in the store for the first time and then thinking to myself, like, I know this song. Like I was singing along to it and I'm like, I must have heard it somewhere and just not really pay attention. But then but then like I literally thought it was this remake of an old song. And then, you know, when I couldn't find it and then I realized I was like kind of confused. So or anyway. you're psychic, Ben, <laughs> you know, so one time I was walking down um, street in New York city and I was singing a song to myself and I just happened to walk by a restaurant that was playing a song and it was exactly the part where I was singing in my head. Wow. It weirded me out so much. I just like froze and I was like, I wish I had somebody to tell this to, <laughs> or I wish I could record this somehow. You know, it's like, I can't record it. And I just like stood there in shock. And I think there was a person outside the restaurant, you know, there it's always like talking to people, trying to get them in the restaurant. And I think she was like confused why I looked so confused and shocked. <laughs> but, She's just enjoying her meal and you're staring at her like a, you saw yeah. a ghost. No, I mean, she was, you know, she worked there. Like she, they're always like standing in front of the restaurant, trying to get people inside the restaurant, you know, but it was just so, it was such a, a random thing. I think it was an Our Lady Peace song. And it was just, it just like, you know, I was like, dude, I must've like picked up this from, you know, telepathically and subconsciously and was just like singing the song and just happened to like walk by it. So anyway, it's really interesting stuff. Okay. Um, now why don't we get into the metaphysical minute, which would be, or is the 
infamous Bigfoot sighting now. <laughs> So I, I I just want to thank almost like everybody out there who kept sending me this video. Everyone's like, did you see this? Did you see this? I, I, I've never gotten so many messages about a, a, anything. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. We're going to show this. We're going to show it on the show. Because you're uh, the Bigfoot guy. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. Every, everyone like kind of recognizes me. Someone, even somebody that locally was telling me, they were like, dude, I was looking up Skunk Ape and you were like, you, your name just like popped up on Google search. And I was like, wow, really? That's kind of cool. That is cool. So, what, how does it feel to be known for being interested in skunk apes and Bigfoot and, Bigfoot. and Sasquatch? I know it's really cool. I definitely want to really cool. do something like go somewhere and try to really, you know, try to have some kind of sighting or do some research. That would be really cool. Eventually we've Rob and I have always talked about that doing this. So, okay. So, I, most of you have probably already seen this right now because it's so viral everywhere. So a woman named Shannon Parker uploaded this video. So I guess they were her and her husband were on a train and they just happened to see this. And then they just grabbed their phone and started filming it. So it's the San Juan National Forest. I'm not even sure where that is. So and then somebody else. So, okay. Oh yeah, can you are you able to zoom in, Lindsay, on this? Um maybe not, not. really. I don't think so. There was a there oh, was no, an article try. that was I saw like a photo that made it a little bit bigger. Now some so the thing is, this is like in the middle of nowhere. So if somebody was really doing this in a costume, um they would really have to plan this out and yeah there it is man it's crazy san juan national forest is in colorado and it's 1.8 million acres that is huge this would be a really elaborate hoax because they're on a train extremely elaborate you, you would have to like plan this out go out you know walk out where the train is would be uh, who knows how far of a walk that is and on top of that it's not like you can just park your car and go out there you would really have to know what you're doing to do this and it it, it seriously looks like the pretty much the same bigfoot from the from the 70s the fa the famous 70s um footage i can't remember the name of that off the top of my head we, we've covered that on so many on a lot of our, our shows and really dived into it. A lot of people have dived into um, that video and uh, you know, the, the famous one from the seventies. And the main thing that people notice, you know, when they really like, like photographers and, and scientists, when they analyze the video was the arms, the arms are, are extremely long that if it was somebody in a costume, they wouldn't be able to have their arms that long. So, and this is, this looks very, very similar. So I, I mean, from, from my perspective, I, I would say that I would lean more that this is real than fake. 
Um, I've definitely seen some ones recently. Some people sent me and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is fake. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's like these hunters that are like supposedly hunting deer. And then all of a sudden, and it's just the reaction to Bigfoot. And it, it to me, it, it's so planned out. This is something that doesn't seem planned out. You know, at least the people capturing this, um, did, I mean, like I said, this would have to be so elaborate and it just doesn't seem that would be the case. So yeah, I would definitely say that this one is more authentic than anything else. So I, I, to me, this is, this is a very strong evidence to support the whole Bigfoot, um, aspect. And I, and I, I mean, you know, Rob and I have had so many of our own encounters. Um, unfortunately we have, I have never personally seen Bigfoot, but I, we like Rob and I were together and we, we both heard what sounded like Bigfoot and there was nothing else around us. We talked about it a lot. We were with John Vivanco actually at the time and we got it, we got the sound on camera. So recorded the sound and there was nothing around us. Um, just kind of recap, like when we first pull, like walk into this and we're in like, um, Washington state, there's nothing around us, no cars, no people. I mean, we were like miles away from, from any point of civilization. And John just kind of walks up to this area and just does this like woo call. It was like, woo, woo, woo. And then like right away, we just hear this woo in, in the distance. And he did it three times. And by the third time it was like closer. And, um, we got it on audio but it's kind of faint because it, it's, it was, um, we weren't prepared. It was like, I just started recording and then it was like an iPhone. So you can hear it. It's just not super clear, but we definitely heard it. And we had our own crazy experiences with that. So, but anyway, we have a lot to cover on this episode. So why don't we get into a trailer and then we'll get into, um, you know, some of the stuff with Friday the 13th and omens and everything else. Roman Empire. I assure you, vampires are just in the movies. I would sweat on my soul if I had one. <laughs> uh. What truths are lurking in our legends? They couldn't possibly be based on a real-life monster, could they? Vlad the Impaler was not just known for his war tactics. Some say that he was also the world's first vampire, Dracula. But is it all just a batting tale? Or are the movies talking about something real? Find out in part one of Edge of Wonders Halloween series, Vlad the Impaler and Dracula. So Lindsay, you, you were bringing up something with the Roman empire. So what, what is it that you wanted to, uh, okay. I have a question for you. Yes. How often do you think about the Roman empire? That's a good question. So I, I, that's right. Cause I, I've been like seeing this like viral aspect where everyone's like asking like their boyfriends and husbands, how often do you think about the Roman empire? So I mean, if you're listening and you have an answer, type it in the chat and tell us if you're a man and a woman. Yeah. Um, I mean, how often do you guys think about it? I, I, uh, I mean, I guess I do kind of think about it 
quite often. Um, well, like once probably, a one month, once a week, once a day. I don't know about once a day. At least once a week, I would say. Wow. Maybe. But, I, but you know, my answer is really because of the, of the bread and circus aspect. You know, every time I turn on the news and see something, I'm just like, oh, man, you know, it, it just is like, it's just, and, and then of like sports, like all of it, you know, it's like, I just feel like right now there's so much in our world that's trying to distract us from everything. And, and I just kind of look at just politics in general and especially like everything with like the powers that be as the Roman empire and manipulating so many things behind the scenes and what's going on. And, uh, of course it's all complicated and, you know, it's like they think they're too big to fall, to fail, but you know, it's like, so I think that's why I think about it because, you know, the whole, like what happened with Jesus in the Roman empire and the Jewish, um, church specifically and how, you know, the Roman empire were, um, you know, well, then they started cracking down on Christians, uh, after Jesus's, um, crucifixion. And, you know, I feel like <laughs> a lot what's happening with governments today is like the Roman empire, but eventually, you know, things don't last and that's the, aspect throughout history is that everything has a beginning, it reached its peak, and then slowly it starts to decline. So, uh, and that's, you know, they never thought the Roman empire would ever fall. Of course, it took like 400 years from what Jesus predicted or, or, or Jesus, well, Jesus said eventually the Roman empire is going to fall. And then everyone thought it would be overnight, but it took a couple hundred years for it to happen. Rob but, had a pretty similar answer to you. He can probably answer that on the show. But he said, you know, because of the nature of our work, researching the past all the time, he definitely thinks about it a lot. And then when you mm -hmm. turn on the news and you see the world, it's kind of like civilizations do rise and fall. And there's a pattern that we see anyway. Mm -hmm. And like, really, I mean, outs, I mean, before the Romans got insane and started doing all the persecutions and sacrificing and all of that. I mean, they, they, again, you know, like leading up to it, that they were, I mean, there's so much in that society that, that they, they invented and, and, um, the technology that, 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 that was around during that time. I mean, like there was that whole thing with the cement that, you know, we recently were talking about too, but it came out in the news that they, the Romans literally built cement that could like self heal, which is why like, the Colosseum is still standing yet, you know, after the hurricane, it's like any cement building just like got washed away and it's not even that old. So there's definitely things that either have gotten lost um, throughout time or purposely uh, hidden. You know, can you imagine like, I mean, concrete companies, if they could create concrete that could self heal, I mean, you know, then it's like, well, we may, we'll probably go out of business. Right. So I think that's what a lot of these things, um, they, they, they've weakened the material on purpose, um, you know, to, to get jobs. I, I mean, I was thinking about that with like swimming pools and things like that. It's like, man, you know, like you wouldn't have to replace any of this stuff, but yeah. You know. 
so the Romans did invent a lot of really interesting things and the type of metal that was used and um, all of that. But, you know, unfortunately, I think it all got to their heads and they got very conceited about their power and which ultimately led to their downfall. But um, I don't think I think about the Roman Empire specifically. I, I don't I don't I really don't think so. I think I think about lots of past cultures just from research and constantly reading things. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking about like, I mean, like someone mentioned in the chat too. It's like, we're kind of in this biblical times. I mean, we really are. And like, to me, everything is showing me that we are, especially this month. You know, <laughs> It's like, we got the ring of fire and two, two full moons in this month. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And now it's like this whole war that's breaking out. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it's kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, it's just, to me, it's just like, well, I think a lot of this has already been prophesized and, you know, it's, it's just a reminder that we are in the end of days. And I think it's, that's what it's telling everybody, you know? So. Well, speaking of warriors and stuff, did you see what Elon Musk tweeted about the Spartans? Actually, I didn't see this. Let me pull this up. He said, oop. He said, regarding Lycurgus, founder of Sparta, the pivotal moment in the creation of Sparta came when Lycurgus proposed radical laws that would transform the state into some of the greatest warriors in history. A member of the assembly was so offended that he struck Lycurgus in the eye. Lycurgus could easily have killed him and everyone knew it. Instead, he stood there with his eye destroyed and invited that man to his house for dinner, ultimately convincing the man to become one of his greatest supporters. Once the laws were in place, Lycurgus left for the temple, saying the laws could not change until he returned. Then Lycurgus starved himself to death. The lesson here is that revenge is for the weak. Hmm. <laughs> wow. That's so... I don't know if I've ever heard that story before. I don't think I have either. Wow. I had no idea. I mean, whether you like Elon Musk or not, that's not a bad take home that revenge is for the weak. Right. It's definitely better not to do that. Yeah, I 100% agree. <sighs> yeah. And we have our whole episode. Yeah, we have our um, we have a whole episode that we've did. And, and actually, it was a little bit kind of underrated. But um, this is the five greatest warriors that are more badass than any Navy, Navy SEALs. So it's all about the different warriors throughout history and different cultures. And um, some of them are insane. Like the one with Yu Fei, uh, the Chi he was a Chinese warrior. There was, I mean, it's kind of similar to the 300 Sparta. Um, there was like 800 of them and they went up against like 10,000. And, um, and all these people, uh, won these battles. So it's, you know, it's pretty insane really when you kind of break a lot of this down and what people were capable of, especially back then. But I, but I think like, you know, of course it's like, I think a lot of us are kind of doing a very similar thing, except we're not literally fighting i mean some of us maybe like you know if you're joining the navy or, or i mean the marines or military is what i'm trying to say you know and then of course you're actually fighting but for the rest of us you know we're fighting in a different way um of course 
how we can with with our words with the pen so in this case the pen is mightier than the sword how so, about with a ring of fire yeah so um okay so yeah okay so we got the ring of fire so of course this is friday the 13th and then this weekend is going to be a ring of fire and this comes with the um again with the omens so in in history realistically like everyone would look at these things all cultures would look at these things as bad omens like something bad is about to happen when these things take place and specifically this ring of fire and actually there was a um very famous battle and it was called the battle of the eclipse and it happened in the 6th century BC, which would be considered Turkey. And it was against the Medes and the um, Lydians. And it was, a, it was a very, it was like they've been fighting for like forever. And they were on the battlefield. And what should have been day turned into night. And there was, a, there was an eclipse during the battle. And it freaked both sides out so much. Both sides looked at it as a very bad omen if they kept fighting. So because of it, they actually formed a treaty and stopped fighting permanently after that. Um, and there's all, and like, you know, especially the Native Americans, they also looked at any kinds of eclipse as a bad omen. And Chinese, um, and in traditional ancient Chinese, like they, people wouldn't even go outside if, if there was like a, an eclipse or something, it just meant something bad is about to happen. So the fact that it's like, well, I mean, Friday the 13th, you know, that, that happens quite often, but it's just weird that this, this, um, ring of fire comes out, you know, the day after Friday or 13th. So it's going to be this weekend and you're going to be, I don't, let's see in parts of the U S you can see it. Um, I think more in the South West. It's from Oregon to Texas, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And then South America to central and South America, you'll be able to see it. So fortunately over in the, in the um, East coast and North, you won't really be able to South. Uh, you won't be able to see it, but um yeah. Anyway, I mean, you know, for, for people into astronomy and you know all this stuff, it's like, this is so cool, but traditionally it would be looked at as a bad omen for something bad to happen. <laughs> what that is. I don't know. I mean, at this point every day, I don't know. Could I mean, th they were expecting a terrorist attack happen today and I didn't see anything in the U S I didn't see anything happen, but um, you know, I am a little bit concerned this weekend with all this happening. So everyone, please be safe no matter where you are. And so, it is the anniversary of the Templars elimination. Yes. And that's, that's really where the Friday the 13th, well, comes from, I guess, more in Western culture from the Knights Templar where, um, Jacques Dumoulin was, um, uh, arrested by King Philip and um and on friday the 13th uh I specifically actually it was this this year this date exactly 1307 friday the 13th of october so this is the anniversary of it which is why 
today specifically Friday the 13th in October is so much more significant than any other Friday the 13th. So um, as when he ordered the uh, the Knights Templar arrests, and then a lot of them were um, burned and executed in different ways. Now there's different, depending on who you talk to and what you read, some people, you know, some books and some scholars say that they were forced to confess things that they didn't actually do because they were being tortured, such as like, um, abortions and kill children and sacrifice and Moloch and ball and all that. But I don't know. I, I still think that they were, that some of them were a part of it. I think some of them weren't. And I think that's where the confusion is. I think that there were really some good ones in within the Knight Templar that were actually trying to protect and, um, you know, like the, the, the relics that they had, Whereas like Jacques Dumoulin seems to be more of the, on the negative darker side of things. And part of the whole aspect that that actually was worshiping Ball and Moloch. So, so that's where think, we get the unlucky number 13, right? Yes. Them originally that, that, well, so there's, there's multiple places where 13, um, like the negative aspect of 13, right? I mean, like for the Bible, Jesus had, well, What's written is the 12 apostles and then the 13th being Judas, of course, you know, and Norse, um, North mythology, you have Loki and supposedly there was like a dinner party at Valhalla and Loki wasn't invited, but he went anyway and he had a 13th surprise guest and he was the 13th surprise guest. Oh, he was. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. trickster, and their 12 gods are like, let's have a dinner party, and he crashes. And yes. He's the 13th yeah. unlucky one. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. He was the 13th. I'm sorry. And um, then, of course, all this stuff went down when he was there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he like blinded the god of darkness, or no, the, the god of darkness was blind or something. And then the, that God shoots another God who's the God of joy and gladness. Mm -hmm. So then the whole earth turns dark and the whole earth is mourning. And it's this huge, bad, unlucky day. Which could explain another eclipse or something like that, you know, and that, that trans, transcribes into like our world. So, you know, that, that could be, who knows whether this is real or um, if people in the past saw these things and created these, these omens out of this or not. Um, also what's really interesting is that in, in the Zodiac there, there is a secret 13th sign. Oh, is what it's called. It's the serpent bearer and it falls between Scorpio and in Sagittarius and it's not really considered it, it's it's not found in the normal zodiac but um a lot of scientists are now including this in different references so it's kind of strange in the, the fact that it's the serpent bearer and and they, they said it was like left out because it, it was like a bad omen and again and that's why we only have 12 signs of the Zodiac. And of course we have 12 months. I but thought it was like two different ways of measuring astrology. And if you go by one 
I don't know if it's that's, a lunar cycle, like one type of cycle you get 13 and the other one has 12. That's what some people have said. And I think, and I, I can't remember what culture it's in. I'm sorry. Um, my, my head has been so foggy this whole week. Today has like been the first day where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have a headache. And I can actually look at my computer without like, you know, having my head hurt. Um, but I think it was the, so the Chinese have the Chinese Zodiac. And I think that there's also a secret 13th sign, but I could be wrong about that. But, um, but yeah, anyway, it was supposedly left out, but again, it kind of depends on what you read and, and what you look into, but it, you know, it does make more sense that there's 12 because it's 12 months, but you could divide it in different ways. So I guess it all depends on, on really where the sun, it, the, the sun goes around, you know? So how the sun goes through Scorpio and Sagittarius and we, we will find out, I guess, um, because it's going to be Scorpio very soon. So I guess we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that one and let you guys know what I, what I, uh, if I have anything to follow up with it. Hey, Ben, and... before we move on, you mind if we play a trailer? Yeah, let's play a trailer. That sounds good. All right, before we get into some occult stuff, here's an occult trailer. <laughs> Monsters of the Seas were long thought to be myths. But some magic hunters sought power for themselves, believing that old legends held secret truths. Why did the famous occultist Aleister Crowley make his home on Loch Ness, which later became famous for its elusive creature? Why are there so many paranormal sightings in the area? What other creatures of the deep have been spotted in Scotland that are largely ignored or considered local folktales? The human mind enjoys impressive visions of unearthly creatures. Now then, the sea is precisely their best medium. The only setting suitable for the breeding and growing of such giants. Next to which such land animals as elephants or rhinoceroses are mere dwarves. Find out what creatures may be a lot closer than 20,000 leagues under the sea. Join Edge of Wonder for a deep dive into the cryptids of the abyss. So, um, so you guys, for those watching, so that is our series, um, all about the uh, the seas that you can find on our rise.tv platform. So um, so for those of you that are tuning in, Rob and I from Edge, for Edge of Wonder, we have so many uh, episodes that are on our platform, so many series that we have covered. I mean, pretty much everything you can possibly think about. So um, never ending content on our platform. And it's all of our... Um, really well produced show. Of course, this is our live show and then all of our really um, 
produced content is on um, fries.tv. So I want to read this comment from Pierre VB. He says, I was left to believe that the Celtic calendar was 13 months long with 28 day months. And 28 times 13 is 364, which left one day off as Earth or nature's day. But centuries went by and the fraction piled. So it's kind of interesting because I've heard of this too, that it is possible that once upon a time there was actually... Yeah, 13 months long with 28 days, which follows more of the moon pattern, which is kind of interesting because really the moon is 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 about 28 days, maybe 29, depending on kind of like some aspects of it. So having like some months being 30, some months being 31, it, it, it is a little bit kind of weird. It almost makes more sense to having an extra month where every day is normal. And then of course you have, um, you know, we have now like a leap year, but yeah, so we're missing like one day out of that, which kind of does make sense. So 29.5 is the length of the lunar month. So that's, I mean, our, our calendar system is more based on the Mayan aspect now, but you know, who knows what throughout history. And that's, that's the difficult aspect of it, you know, especially when we're talking about like centuries ago, um, what was lost, what was added. It's so hard to say. So, um, but getting back to uh, Friday or the 13th here, um, let's see, we have more of some of the cult stuff. And like Rob and I have explained a lot of this on our um we have like a specifically our Halloween occult show that we did. And then also the Knights Templar, of course, and the round table series that we did. A lot of this we explain in it, but supposedly in the occult war or lore, when you're, when we're talking about like witches, like I'm, and I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm, I mean like the real true witches doing like evil things they gather in covens of 12 and our 13th member is the devil himself. Um, and a 52 card deck. There are four suits of 13 ranks. A regular deck of cards can also be used as a tarot deck. So, you know, all the, all the modern tarot decks now have four cards in each suit. Uh, so the 13th card in the tarot deck is Lindsay showing right now is the death card. Um, which kind of makes sense, I guess. And it's known as the pill, the pale horse. You know, of course, in the Bible, that, that's the death, you know, the, the pale horse. Um, so kind of, uh, kind of interesting facts there. Some people um, kind of freak out over the 13 number and Friday the 13th. Like I've seen that people are refusing to fly or even buy houses or like, trade in stocks. I read one article that was like, it's estimated that 800 or $900 million is lost in business on this day. Because wow. People will not fly or do business. They would normally do. And that, that was the, a historian from a stress management center. Wow. We even <laughs> came up with a phobia word. Triscodecophobia is the fear of 13. I wonder what like triskaidekaphobia. Like, what does tris triskaidek mean? Let me see. I'm kind of curious. 
Like, how does that equal 13? It must Trisket be like... is 13. Okay, that's what I, I was going to say. I, I wonder if what language that's in. Latin, I'm maybe? Seeing, I'm seeing Greek, ancient Greek. Greek, okay. Just that's the number 13. And that's why hotels don't have 13 floors. They don't, actually. A lot of buildings 14. don't either. Um, yeah, because people don't want to, like, you wouldn't want to have your office on the 13th floor, right? So if you go in an elevator and it has more than 13 floors, you'll notice it will say like 10, 11, 12, and it'll go straight to 14. So, I mean, technically one of those is the 13th floor, but usually they'll consider like the, um, the first floor number two or something, or they will use the 13th floor as like their, um, if, especially if it's a really tall building, the 13th floor is then just for parking or storage, like, like storage or, or, you know, whatever they need to do, like the plumbing aspect or something like that. So yeah, hardly any buildings have the number, have a 13th floor in them. So if you, if you haven't noticed, um, go when you go in an elevator, uh, check it out. So it's something I, I used to look at. Uh, once I learned that fact, I, I would always like check uh, elevators and see now like occasionally maybe one like you might find one that that does but most of them don't <laughs> and you won't find any hotels with the 13th floor that's for sure because no one wants to stay on the 13th floor <laughs> i feel like that's going far for me i'm not gonna go move my hotel room if i'm on the 13th floor i i mean people people have done it you know, and I, I think that's why they just do it just because they know people are, are kind of scared, you know, or it's like something it, 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 it's kind of like a psychological thing, too. It's like, you know, nothing could happen. And if you're thinking about it constantly, it's like you're going to manifest something happening. You're going to make yourself sick because you think you're sick, that kind of thing. Yeah. One of those two, you know, so it's kind of funny. Oh, man, my my lightsaber went out there. So, oh, wow. And, uh, oh, sorry, I just lost my place here. Okay. And then, of course, um, in the Mayan culture, too, they, they have, uh, they talk about this. So archaeolog archaeologists discovered 13 skulls at the base of a Maya pyramid. They were men 17 to 35 years old and were buried between 600 and 900 AD. Um, of the 13 sets, five underwent intentional skull deformation maybe they were aliens <laughs> two were ritually sacrificed the five that were deformed had all been intentionally elongated yeah see like so elongated skulls intentionally elongated you can't you this is the thing that that, that drives me insane you can't elongate your skull like you can't do that and unless you're like talking about a baby that you do it over time you can't just like elongate a skull. I My, think that's what they're talking about is these were regular men who had bound their skulls to intentionally do that. But why were they doing it is the question. You have to be a baby to do that. Like Yeah, what? some of these cultures were like binding babies' heads. But that's what we're told. We we don't really even know for like if that's true. I mean, you can't really 
do too much with your skull, even a baby. I mean, you you can change the shape, but you can't make it. You only have, it's like, it's like having Play-Doh. You, you can't make Play-Doh bigger with, you know, like a, like you can't create more mass with just a little bit that you have. Now, like something, okay, okay. Possibly something like this. It reshapes the skull, but I mean. I kind of think they I just use know. the term elongated skull for people who are copying somebody, their their deity, a demon, a something in their mythology. And even yeah. though the baby's skull isn't longer, it's a misshapen head. So the ones that were buried here in Mexico, this was Mexico, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. These were like people who had who had done that on purpose. Or, I mean, the other aspect is that, or there's just like a different kind of um, race altogether, you know, and that's something that's never even brought up. Um, the I question mean, is, regardless of the shape of their skull, why were they sacrificed and buried at the foot of the pyramid? Yeah, that's the that's the main thing. I mean, that, and that's from my understanding that that's, you know, and it wasn't all Maya culture that was doing this. It was only some of of the Mayans that were actually doing the sacrifice. And they were the ones that were doing it became really evil and corrupt. And then they would go over to other aspects or different um I don't want to say civilizations, but different different colonies, I guess you could say, of the Mayan people and then arrest them and capture them and then use them as the sacrifice. So, um, you know, a lot, and then, of course, like this started turning. I mean, whenever you have human sacrifice involved, it just becomes evil at that point. And um, so, yeah, why were they doing this? I mean, for whatever deity that they were worshiping at the time, which could have actually be some kind of real entity so i mean they, they they think that it was because some underworld deity or demon god so yeah anyway um yeah we kind of went over all this but yeah so <clears throat> that's and like i've i've been to um a lot of the the ancient ruins in in the yucatan um, all over like chichen itza and tulum and um Koba is the newer one that was found. And there's so many pyramids that are still undiscovered, even in Mexico. Um, I mean, they're finding them in the middle of the forest and, and it's really jungle and then they're hard to get to and they're hard to excavate. So there's a whole bunch of them that are still left undiscovered. So who knows what, you know, what could be found there. So. And 13 isn't just unlucky, right? There are positive things. Um, yeah, there is. And actually like in for Chinese, it's kind of interesting because the number 13 isn't really, they don't look at it as quite as a uh, negative thing. Um, for them, it's the number four that that's, that's like bad omen is the number four. <laughs> so, and I forget why I used to know the reason for that, but I forget uh, why that is. So like they don't want to have it, the f number four on the license plates and things like that. But eight is the lucky number in Chinese. And it could have to do with the infinity aspect of it because the eight is actually the number of like the infinity. Oh, thing. that's interesting. Yeah, there, there's more to the number eight in the Chinese culture too, but I, I can't remember all the details. 
But for the positive 13, um, there's a group, uh, like for Confucianism, there's a text of denovation den and history, philosophy, poetry, um, uh, all have like to do with, um, like all the Chinese classics, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Chinese classics. So there are 13 of those. Yes. And they, they have to do with, um, tradition of China, Judaism, thir 13 year olds have a bar mitzvah and, uh, become accepted members of the Jewish family or Jewish community. Sorry. In Italy, um, I'm not even sure I pronounced that. Probably Fare Tradici. Fare Tradici means to make 13 or to hit the jackpot. So um, I guess when you turn 13, it's like a good thing. I mean, in the, in the U.S. too, you know, it's like when you hit 13, you become a teenager. Like I thought the Italians were like using it as a phrase that's like, I hit the jackpot. I made 13. Oh, that could be. But like Americans and Jews and lots of cultures. Yeah. You turn 13 and you get to do stuff like even social media accounts. You can make it when you're 13, like video game ratings, movie ratings. PG 13 is a little bit more mature. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like when you're, when you're 13, you're finally a teenager. Like I, I couldn't wait till I was 13 at the time. Not like you can do anything different when you're 13, <laughs> but it's like, I'm a teenager. I'm 13 years old now. You were cool. Finally. So, yeah. That, that, that was, that was it. I was like, I can buy a BB gun. <laughs> oh boy. Did you buy one? Uh, I, I don't know if my parents let me get one. I think I really had to like talk them into getting, like letting me get a BB gun. Finally, I think I got one. But my dad was really against it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're 13. I'm like, yeah, I'm 13. I mean, of you course. Get you know, it, dad. <laughs> yeah. Like my, I don't know. And then, because I, I was, I turned, I was older than most of my friends. So I, I was just kind of used to that. And then, you know, and then everyone got a BB gun. So then we were like shooting him in my garage, shooting him at each other. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, not a wow, good we just got a fan comment on Rise TV who said, I was born on Friday the 13th, but the doctor erased my birth certificate and wrote the 12th. Years <laughs> later, I found out that was common. So the baby mm. got started out on the right foot. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't either. That I mean, it does kind of make a little bit more sense. I guess you're, you're one year older than... Or one day. One day, one day I meant, sorry, yes. And of course, in U.S. history, the, the 13th original British colonies, 13 stars, 13 stripes, which that gets into a massive debate whether that was all done on intentional purposes. And, um, you know, and then you get into all the symbolism in D.C. and all of that. So it's, uh, yeah, Rob, Rob, I don't, did Rob and I ever do an episode on that? I think we did it for New York and we were going to go to D.C., but I, I don't think... I think like COVID happened and then we never really made it to DC to do like a uh, deep dive and all the symbols there, but so much symbolism in DC. You know what I found too? You're, we're on the topic of history and US stuff is there's this thing called the 13 club. Have you heard of that? Um, I'm, I'm, I know I've came across it. There's so many clubs and societies though. <laughs> I found this. It says in the late 19th century, a New Yorker wanted to remove the stigma around 13 
and not having 13 guests at a dinner table. So he founds this exclusive society, the 13 Club. So they dine on the 13th day of the 13th month in the 13th room of this cottage. Then they eat a 13-course dinner, and they pass beneath a ladder that has a banner that says in Latin, those of us who are about to die salute you. But the weird part is that four former U.S. presidents joined this 13 Club at one time or other. Mm Mm-hmm. Not surprised. <laughs> I mean, they're known for philanthropy. That's good, but really well, they, weird, huh? They all are. But when you really start, you know, diving into, it, I mean, it, it's just legal money laundering is all a lot. Well, a lot of these, uh, you know, everyone, because every single person, uh, you know, that's, that's really in a, like politics and government, they all have their own, um, what do I want to say? They're, uh, you know, organization, like nonprofit organization. And, uh, I was so funny. Like recently I was going through somebody with like all these tax things and it's just like, I mean, if you know what you're doing and you have money, like, yeah, most people are not paying taxes because you can just, you, Hey, donate to this nonprofit organization over here. And, you know, it's just, it literally is just this money that circles around. So no one has to pay taxes and it's, that's just the way they figured it out. So it's what, you know, and then, it, then it looks great on the books. It's like, Oh, I'm doing all this philanthropy, whatever, you know, and it's like, Oh, well, in reality, it's just a way to avoid taxes. So that's all it is. All right. Well, you guys, we, uh, we're, we're running out of time. We're going to jump over to rise.tv where we still have the miracle of Friday the 13th. Specifically, it was October 13th, 1917. So we're going to get into this story over on um, rise.tv. So come over and join us for just $9.99 a month um, and support what we do uh, also, we don't forget we have a live Q and A that we do every um, live show that we have, and then at the end we have our top ten weirder news of the week, which really is one of our most popular aspects of our Friday Night Live show, and we have everything from um, from a book that is the weirdest book I have ever seen. (laughs) We have a giraffe feces at an airport uh, story on that and a bottomless brunch charging vomit fees. And uh, of course we have our number one too. So come over to rise TV support what we do. So we'll see you guys over there. We're going to play a trailer and then when we get back, we're going to jump right into the miracle of, um, October 13th, 1917. What has hooves, a goat's head, bat wings, and a forked tail? It's the Jersey Devil, the mysterious cryptid that haunts the forests and skies of New Jersey. But this beast has a story beyond legend. Locals actually claim to be descendants of the original Jersey Devil. What unexplainable things have happened that would convince anyone this creature is lurking in the shadows? Why were Ben Franklin and Teddy Roosevelt part of the story? What kind of devilish, 
winged lizard beings are really hiding out in the cosmos? Are all claims of the Jersey Devil just a hoax? It's time to crack open the edge files and pull out one of our most classified cases yet. As we ask, is this flying fiend real? Find out all about it in Tales of the Cryptids, Episode 2, The Jersey Devil. Only on Edge of Wonder. TV. All right, guys, welcome back to um, Rise.TV, and we're going to get into this. So, Lindsay, this is really weird because you were just talking about that Club 13, and actually, 